We're pastors Derek and Hilary Walker from the Oxford Bible Church. We want to share together uh, about principles of prayer that will make a tremendous difference, I believe, in your prayer life and just entering into God's presence every day. And, uh, you know, we are convinced that the teaching of Jesus, we need to put more value on the teaching of Jesus. That's where we need to start. That's the foundation for our life of prayer is because Jesus surely knew how to pray and he gave us some tremendous teaching on this. And so in the Sermon on the Mount in particular, he gives us foundational teaching in the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know, I believe that Jesus, you know, it, he gave us the foundational teaching we need um, right there in the, in the Lord's Prayer. I mean, absolutely, because um, let, let's read Matthew 7 here, because this is, Jesus is speaking, this is at the end of the Sermon mm. um, on the Mount. And Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, mm. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, you know, the wind blew um, and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. So this, these sayings of mine, he was referring to, yeah. well, the sermon, the sermon of the Mount. Yes. Which is Matthew's 5, 6 and 7. Yes. That is the rock. Yeah. I mean, we know it's, mm. it's all his teachings, yes. but by extension, but specifically, yes. these sayings in the Sermon of the Mount. Which includes, This is the rock we're meant to build on. Yes, you're quite right. And uh, he says our, our, our Christian life will mm. stand or fall, really. He does, actually. As to whether we do this or not. Yes, because, I mean, uh, he, he goes on to say that the people who um, doesn't do them, uh, and, you know, the the wind and the rain and the floods mm. came and that house, it, it just collapsed. It fell. So yes. if we want a prayer life really that mm. is built on the rock, <laughs> yes. in particular, the key piece of rock is, is the Sermon of the Mount. And actually, yeah. does Jesus talk about prayer on the Sermon of the Mount? Oh, he does. Spot in the middle. I thought he might. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see, this is like in, in Matthew chapter 6. Oh. Jesus um, says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father. Here we go. I mean, it's, it's in chapter 6. It's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's so what Jesus. what's special about this prayer? I mean, there's mm. lots of prayers in the Bible, aren't yes, there? Yes, there are. Is there yes. something special about this prayer, do you think? Yeah. Well, it's a pattern for how we mm. should enter into his presence. Um, because, you see, I used to think that I had to confess all my sins mm. before I came into the presence of God. Yes, so, I mean, what do you think one, of that it? one? Yes, yes it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting uh, that... Many people would think, well, mm. it's pointless doing anything else unless you've confessed your yeah. sins. God won't even listen to you. Yes. So it's pointless doing anything else. And yet, yeah. yes, indeed, forgive us our, uh, 
our sins, our debts, mm -hmm. is in the prayer, but it's in the middle, and, I, and that's very significant. Uh, and that's going to tell us a lot. It is. But it? so, yes, it's a, it's a pattern of prayer, but it yes. doesn't start with confessing sins. It actually starts with praise, with worship. Yeah. And, actually, and I think this, yes. is, this is very important to understand. Because mm. um, really, if you're going to receive the forgiveness of sins, well, you've got to come to God. You've got to come into his presence first anyway, don't you? Of course, In yes. order to receive that forgiveness. Mm. And how do you come into God's presence? Well, we come honoring him, praising him, thanking him, yes. worshiping him. Yes. And, and then we're able to to receive forgiveness if mm. that's our need. So uh, it's very significant that it gives us a pattern for prayer. Yes. Uh, I know th that people have different acrostics. Uh, maybe you've heard of acts, you know, A for adoration, C for confession. So that's got it right, you see. Yes. Um, a, C, T, thanksgiving, and yes. S for supplication. You know, that, that's yes. one example. Uh, rather than cast, yes. right, which is Confession first, then adoration, ah, supplication, thanksgiving. Yes. Actually, the biblical thing is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're yes. going to explain that. Uh, yes. The pattern is that we start with our Father in heaven. What is this talking? This is radical because he's not just saying God, God out there somewhere. It's actually saying our Father, my Father. You are my father. And we start the prayer by adjusting to who we, who God is to us and who we are. You're my father. I'm your child. I'm under your love. I'm under your grace. I've been accepted through the blood of Jesus. You know, how do we become his child? This is a new covenant prayer because we can only truly become his child through the blood of Jesus, through receiving Jesus. John 1.12 says, as many as received him, he, to him he gave the right to become the children of God who were born of God. And so it's by receiving Jesus, receiving what he did for us on the cross, that we become that child of God. If, if you've never done that, your works can't uh, please God enough to, to make you his child. You need to receive Jesus and the moment you do that, by his blood, the grace, you come under his grace. And I want to tell you about his amazing grace, because the moment you receive Jesus, three things happen. First of all, before you were guilty, your sin was on you, and you stood before God guilty, under the judgment of God. And the moment that you accept what Jesus does, did for you, he took your sin, you see. He paid the penalty for your sin. And that moment, the judge says you're forgiven. And you know your sins were forgiven. Past, present, and future. You received the remission of sins. Full stop. That's amazing. And, and if that was all, that would be amazing. But he did more. He didn't just forgive your sins. He actually gave you his righteousness. Because the righteousness of Jesus, his perfect righteousness, was put to your account. And you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. And the judge then looked at you and said, not only are you not guilty, but you are positively righteous. You are justified before God. And it says, by faith, we've been justified before God. There is no sin on our account before God. We stand righteous before God with the righteousness of Jesus. That's the amazing grace.
And even when we sin as a Christian, do you know, that is not affected. We are still justified. We're still righteous before God. That is something that's a done deal. And you know, it's even that would be amazing, but God did something else too. He, he actually said, not only that, but I am now accepting you. I'm adopting you as my child. You're coming into my family. Mm. And so from the guttermost to the uttermost, we were guilty sinners before an angry God. And we've been transformed into forgiven, righteous, <laughs> children of God. All by the grace of God, not that we deserved. And that's how, as children of God, we're to start in our praying with that knowledge of his grace. That is what it is to enter into that secret place with the Lord. That place where we know that we are those beloved, accepted children of God. And we're under the grace of God. And then we pray out from that place of prayer. And all of that is in our Father in heaven. We need to start our prayer just by just soaking in that truth so that we're praying out from that place of grace. Father, you're my Father. You love me. All the things I'm worried about, Lord, you care about that. So I cast them all on you. Everything I have need of today, I know that you love me. You want to give that to me. And I just receive that from you. And so... It, what I'm saying is that all the other kinds of prayer, and there are many different kinds of prayer, but none of them are going to work properly unless, first of all, you enter into his presence, our Father in heaven, with praise and worship and just loving him. And once you do that, and once you're conscious of his grace, then all the other prayers are just going to work as they ought to. And so this, this prayer is so right, you know, that it starts like this. This is how we must start our praying. Enter into the secret place. Our Father who art in heaven. You know, and the whole order of prayer reveals his grace. You know, if we, if we don't come from that place, if yes. we just go charging into, mm. oh God, I need this, or, you know, we're trying to cast our cares on the Lord, or yes. trying to pray for situations mm. and you know a lot of that's just going to be in the flesh because we're just we're just doing yes, it of out of the wrong yes. place you mm. know we, we know we ought to do it so we yes. we push ahead and do it mm. but we're not coming i think first of all we just need to be still and know he is god yes and just bring ourselves into his presence you know we're yeah our spirit i believe our spirit is in the presence of god all the time but we need to bring our soul yes, into his presence. Soul, you know, we're not it? just yes. spirits, we're no. also souls and we live mm. in a body. And so we do need to bring our mind, our will, our emotions into the presence of God. Mm. And that's where our prayer life starts. And we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yes. And we enter into his courts with praise. praise. You know. Yes. And that's why we start our church services with Yes, we do. You yes. Know, about half an hour, <laughs> don't we? Praise and worship. We and, do. You know, it's a shame when people miss that because they think, oh, well, I, I, I just need the word. And and so they, you know, might come in late. <laughs> I'm sure we're not the only church. That I'm that sure happens. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, actually, because some people seem to think that praise and worship is a musical interlude whereby, you know, yeah, warm up, the warm up act. The warm -up, yeah, the warm up act. But to me, it makes an enormous difference. Actually, when I'm entering into praise and worship, I can receive the word. Mm. 
so much better. Mm. I'm more open to the spirit yes, of God. Because give us this day our yes. daily bread. Yes. But you know, mm. if, if that's you, you just come and try and get your daily bread, but yeah. you're in the flesh really, until you really enter into that place yes. before God of his yes. grace and worshiping him, mm. then it's going to be so, once your eyes are on the Lord and you see how much he loves you, how much easier it's going to be then yes. to receive your daily bread. Yes. And I think this is why, you know, Jesus is giving us a pattern of prayer here. Yes. Um, and it actually reveals um, his grace because especially with the confession of sins and you know I am concerned that we may shock people because you know when you get a hold of the grace of God it, it can be shocking yes which shocked me you, you know when I because heard it. Yes. Uh, and many of us we need to yes. adjust ourselves to the grace of God mm. and um, I would say you know that I'm gonna put a balance on what I'm saying uh, as we go along so don't panic if it if you're if I seem to be too radical here. But, um, you know, Psalm 100, yes. enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Yes. Hallowed be your name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And, you know, this is where we need to start, just focusing on, on the Lord. Praise God. But I, I want to talk about this idea that we don't confess our sins necessarily as the first thing we do. Now, let me make it clear. I do believe in we need to confess our sins. I'm not one of those creatures who say we don't need to do that. Um, I do believe that. But we need to understand more about the dynamics of this. For, let me give you another example about this. Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us therefore come boldly with confidence before the throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. God's yes. grace is towards us if we're his children. But notice he says that we might obtain mercy, first of all. Now, what is mercy? See, mercy yeah. is forgiveness, isn't it? Isn't yes. it? it starts with yes. forgiveness, for sure. Mercy yes, is when absolutely. we've done something wrong. We need mercy. Yes. Yeah. So here's someone who knows that they need mercy. They, yeah. they have sinned. But they can and come who, boldly. who hasn't? Yes. But yeah, they... They are invited to come boldly. Yes. You might think, well, how can they come boldly yes. if they know they've sinned? Yes. Now, I mean, boldly isn't like we just blast into yeah, the not throne room. Not rudely. Yes, here I am. But <laughs> it's like, brashly. It's like confidently knowing oh, yes. that it's a throne of grace. Yes. Because our confidence is not based on our performance yes. or how perfectly we've, we've lived yes. our Christian life, yeah. because that would be constantly under threat. We, we could, if we're looking to ourselves, we're in the flesh. Yes. Our confidence is in Christ. Yes. It's in his grace that we have already been forgiven of all our sins. Yes. That we are still his, you know, even when we've sinned, we're still his child. Yes. He still loves us unconditionally. Mm. And it's, we're still under the blood of Jesus. Yes. And it's with that kind of confidence that we can come to the throne of grace and receive mercy and receive yes. that forgiveness. Yeah. So mm. we actually come. And how do we come to his throne? With praise and thanksgiving. Yes, you know? we do. And to be honest with you, we don't actually see our sin properly until we come into his presence. Mm. Very often we're hardened to what we've done. And we justify yes. ourselves and it's as we come into his presence our heart gets softer and we actually see 
our sin for what it is. Yes. Um, yes. But we need to come into his presence first. Yes. Then we are in position to, if we need to, confess our sin. Yes. You know, the key to understanding all of this is the different, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You know, ah. we have a relationship, right? Yes, yes we do. When we said, I do, <laughs> right? Yes. We came into a covenant relationship. Yes. And, um, you know, uh, we generally get on pretty well, <laughs> but there are times Ooh, when uh, moments, fellowship yes. has been broken. been broken a bit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for different reasons. Well, it's usually but did we, we still had yeah. that relationship, didn't oh, we? Oh, yes. I mean, the relations there, relationship is there, and that's the solid rock. That is unchanging. Yes. And, um, or with your children and parents. Mm. You know, your children may play up. They might rebel, even. Yes. But that you still have that relationship. That is not affected. The thing that is affected is your fellowship, is is the flow of life. And this is such an important distinction we need to understand. You see, our relationship is completely governed by God's grace. It's all based on what he's done. And by God's grace, we have been forgiven of all our sins and we are declared righteous before God. And that is a fixed thing. And, and however we live our Christian life, we, that grace is still there. And you come to God on the basis of that grace, not on the basis of how well you've lived in fellowship with God. You come to God on the basis of what he has done for you in Christ. And we, mm. that's the rock that we build on that Jesus talked about, the rock of his grace, of what he's done. And so there are, but fellowship is important too, because even though, you know, God Put it this way, I, you, I know you love me a lot I and, do. and you, you love to bless me, but yes. if I'm being whatever, so if we're out of fellowship, then somehow yes. that can't flow. It's there, the yes. love is there, but it can't mm. flow. And, and in the same way, God loves us and he wants to give so many good things to us yes. and they all, they belong to us mm. in Christ, but we cannot, if fellowship is broken, yes. we can't enter into it. And, and we're yes. not saying sin is okay, you can ignore it because actually that sin will block the flow of life from God. Mm. It will block your enjoyment of God. Oh, so God. you need to deal with that sin. Mm. But there's two areas of forgiveness. There is relationship forgiveness and there is fellowship forgiveness or family forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. And so when Jesus in the Lord's Prayer is talking about you need to confess your sins, yes. you need to um, forgive those who've yes. hurt you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, neither will your father forgive you. Yeah. You see. see, people have problem putting that together with the fact that in Christ, all our sins are forgiven because there's two areas of forgiveness. Yes. In Christ, all our sins are forgiven. We mm -hmm. are a child of God. That does not change. That's fixed. Praise God. Oh, praise Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Yes. In Christ, that is, that is mine. Yes. But in the realm now of my life with God, in the yes. family of God, yes. then I might sin. And I will need to confess that sin yes. to God. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and mm. cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. You know, and when we confess our sin to God, then the fellowship is restored. Yes. So when your child yes. sins against you, 
he's still your child and he can still come to you. You wouldn't say to him, well, you, how dare you talk to me? We're out of fellowship. Mm. Well, then you could never put it right, could you? No, he can still come to you as, as daddy and say, daddy, I'm I appreciate you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then fellowship is restored. Yes. But you know, even when that child sins, mm. there's something stronger underneath all of that. It's that relationship, relationship is still in place. Yes. And he comes to you on the basis of that relationship. Yes. What we're seeing here is very important that if you, you need to know the grace of God, you're under that relationship. However you've performed in your life, you don't come to God on that basis. If you have sinned, yes. You come to God, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And as you come before him, the time will come when it's time to start, maybe, if, if, if your heart convicts you, yes. to confess that sin and get that out of the way. You see, if we don't appreciate the distinction between relationship and fellowship, we'll go into the ditch of one of two sides. I've met people who believe that, you know, if, if relationship and fellowship is all the same thing, yes. well then when a Christian sins, he hasn't just lost fellowship with God, he's lost his relationship with God. Oh. That means he's, he's not saved anymore. So now he's got to be born again again. And presumably every week or whenever he sins next, he's got to be born again again again. Well, for me, that would be you three know, times a day. I think uh, I'm glad <laughs> that isn't true. I'm so grateful. Uh, yes. On the other hand, you do get those out teaching now that who don't appreciate this distinction. Yes. And so they would say, look, our sins are forgiven, past, present, future. Amen to that. But they say, therefore, yes. we don't need to confess our sins anymore. Because if they're already forgiven, if I'm already righteous, then what's, what's the point? I don't, there's nothing to fix. No, you're... You see, that's a mistake. What will happen then is you'll start hardening your heart. You'll yes. start sinning and feeling, well, it's okay with God. Yeah. I don't have to confess it. And you harden your heart and you actually get more and more into the flesh. Yeah. And, that, and that's a serious mistake too. And so we, the grace of God is that we don't have to fix the relationship because it's there by the grace of God. Yes. But fellowship by its very nature requires two people, yes. two fellows in yeah. a ship, <laughs> two people working yes. together. And so yes. if, we, if there is sin on our side, yes. then uh, God's ready, but we yes. need to put that right. Mm. We need to fix that fellowship. Yes, we do. So this is very important, mm. I believe. And, you know, it's interesting when Jesus talks about wash, when he washed their feet. Do you remember when he came yes. to Peter? You, shan't, you, oh. you can't wash my feet. And yes. Jesus said to him, if I do not wash you, you will have no part with me. Now that sounds like, the translation sounds like, you know, you, you're not even in a relationship with me. Yeah, it does, doesn't but it? the word part there yes. is actually koinonia, is the word for fellowship. Oh. You can have no fellowship, fellowship with, with me. me. In other words, your feet are dirty. Yes. You can't, you're still my disciple. Yes. But you can't sit at the table with me and, and, and have fellowship around the table because you haven't washed your feet. And so you can't yes. have fellowship. And then, of course, Peter goes over the top and says, well, then, Lord, give me a bath. Wash, yeah. wash all of me. Yeah. And, and, and then Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only wash his feet, yes. but is completely clean. And you are all clean, but not all of you. 
In other words, yes. Judas wasn't actually saved. But the other yeah. disciples, they had accepted Christ and, you know, yes. they were saved. They'd had a bath. Yes. That means they're totally forgiven. Yes. You know, they are clean. And mm. Jesus said, you only need to do that once, yes. <laughs> spiritually. Yes. Um, but you still need to wash your feet. So, yes, maybe you've, had, you've, you've been born again in the bath mm. of the new birth. You know, uh. and that, that's, that's solid. But you still need to wash your feet. You still need to confess your sins so that you can sit at the table with Jesus and enjoy fellowship, enjoy communion with him. You know, we need to make this distinction. Um, so we come into God's presence first. Even if we've sinned, we come into his presence confidently, loving him, praising him, and coming under his grace. Mm -hmm. And then we're in that place where we confess our sin and receive that forgiveness. Only this way will, will that prayer work as it ought to, because we've done things in the right place. Praise God. You know, uh, the Lord's Prayer, I believe, I, I want to commend it to you. We come to God claiming God as our Father and uh, trusting ourselves under His grace. Mm. You know, I, I want to just do that together. Perhaps we can just take the remaining time and just praying, starting to pray the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. You know, the first line of the Lord's Prayer might take 10 minutes to pray. You see, it's a pattern for prayer. Let's just come into God's presence right now, just realizing the wonderful grace of God. Mm. Our Father, who art in heaven, Lord, you're my Father. You love me. I'm your child. You've forgiven me. You've welcomed me into your family by your grace. And even when I mess up, Lord, I'm still your child. I still belong to you. You still love me. And I just thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that I can come boldly before your throne like a child to their father. And I thank you and I love you, Lord. I hallow your name. I thank you that you're so wonderful to me. I thank you that you've forgiven me and that I'm cleansed in the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. That sin, I give it to you. I confess it to you and I thank you for, for cleansing me, forgiving me right now in Jesus' name.